Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Uh, Today, uh, the title of the message is Be Transformed, Part 2. And we did Part 1 the Sunday before Mother's Day. And uh, this Sunday, uh, we're going to do Part 2. And I have changed the message one time. Uh, yesterday, I had to start over and because and, um, I didn't feel like I had a heart of God on it. And then I just told Minerva, Minerva, I don't know. I said, pray for me because I don't know what I'm going to say because I have a nice outline in PowerPoint people that have it. Um, and I like to try to be gracious to our PowerPoint people because they have our my scriptures that I have given them, they have my outline that I've given them. And if I deviate from it, then it <laughs> it uh, kind of, you know, put them in a, oh, I might deviate from it, PowerPoint. I might deviate from it, uh, but I give you enough time to find the scriptures, stick it on the, on the screen and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we're going to go at it. We're going to go at it. Let's start in Romans Twelve, chapter twelve. Let's start there, uh, verse two, because that's that's our base scripture, that's our foundation scripture right there. It says uh, we, we're in verse two now. It starts in verse one. Uh, we're not we're not there. We've done that. We we on verse two. This is what God wants us to do: concentrate, do a series on verse two. I said, okay, I can do that. It says, do not be conformed to this world. And, of course, we, we know that. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I elaborated on that, the, uh, the first message, part one. So that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, that which is acceptable, and that acceptable, we said, is well-pleasing to God. It's what he, he directs. It's not just, well, it's acceptable to him. It's not what he wants, but it's acceptable. No, it's not that acceptable. It's not the English. It's the Greek um, acceptable, which means that uh, it's well-pleasing to him. So it's good, it's well-pleasing, and it's perfect. And we said that perfect um, last week. We said, the week before last, we said that perfect is teleosis. It means it is, uh, we are moving in the maturity in that area that God wants us to. We're headed in that direction. We're not, we're not there yet, but we're headed in that direction. Uh, we are being um, used for what God has uh, told us to be used for. We were birthed and we were well, formed. It says that uh, we were created for his glory, for his glory. And when you're teleosis, that's, that's what you're doing. You are heading towards exactly what he has said. Everything you do, everything you say, it is being um, uh, what God wants. We are heading towards perfection. We won't arrive there in this life, but we will, we're headed there. Now, I'm going to skip over um, that first page and go to the bottom of the second page. Today, 
uh, we're going to start teaching on another area, which I started last time in, 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 uh, in one, said that um, I gave everybody a compliment there because God had done uh, a visual for me, for me. He did a visual for me, and hopefully for us, is that uh, even though uh, we had not done so the previous year, this year, we, um, he showed me what transformation means, because I sure enough didn't see it um, in outwardly, but he says that this is an example. You don't have to see it, you know, uh, but it's going to show up, and you will see it. You don't see the making of it, but you will see it. Just keep going. And that's a, that's a, a, a just a, a good thing, because sometimes we don't see things right away. We don't see them right away. And if we don't see them right away, sometimes we think that nothing has happened. And we, there's a song that we sing sometimes, even though we don't see it, you know, even though we don't feel it, you know, it, it, it's going on. It's happening. It's happening. And so that, that's, a, that's a good thing uh, to sing because it is true. It is true. We can't see the transformation uh, as it's taking place. We can't see it. Uh, but all we know is that uh, God is changing us from glory to glory. That's what he's doing. So that's how I ended uh, that. Today, I want to cover two, maybe two things, maybe one. It says, overcoming obstacles to the transformation process. That's the subtitle, actually. It's overcoming obstacles to the transformation process. Because if, if, if I know I'm supposed to be transformed, I know that God has already transformed me because he, he saved my soul. He saved your soul. And so you, God's already transforming because he took your heart of stone and turned it into a heart of flesh. Uh, he took your spirit and, and, and made that spirit alive. So we have a now a live spirit. We have a, a heart that he can work with, uh, but he still didn't do anything for this flesh, and um, he didn't do anything for our mind either, uh, except for that he made it a heart of a mind of uh, of flesh, and so we have to then find out okay what 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 do we have to do, and so as we're talking about what we have to do, I wanted to start with things we have to overcome in order to do it. In order to do it, what must I do? What must I do to make sure that I really turn into this marvelous uh, creature that God has said? that I'm supposed to be, that I'm supposed to be in the image of Jesus Christ, I'm supposed to uh, represent him as he is, so am I on this earth. I want to know that when I speak, I'm speaking what God speaks. I want to be just like uh, Jesus said, I don't say anything except what I uh, um, hear my father say. I don't do anything but what I see my father do. I want, I, want, I want to be that way, and I want us to be that way. Uh, so how do we uh, keep from uh, that happening? That's what I want to talk about today. Let's look in 1 
Timothy chapter 2. Let's go there. We're going to start in, in uh, verse 3 of that. It says, This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. And it's talking about the two things above that, which we, I don't want to uh, get into because uh, we'll do that in another time. It says, verse 4 is a key one. Who desires, this is what he said now, it's talking about God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's two things. It said that God desires. This is, this is on his mind. He died for the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believed him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God desires, it says that uh, all men, all men, they don't care whether they're dictators, they don't care whether it's Putin over in, in uh, Russia somewhere, doesn't care whether it's uh, the people in wherever they are. They can be as bad as they want to be. Uh, don't care about the the United States. What God says that all men, don't care how bad they are, all men to be saved. And, what's the second thing? Coming to the knowledge of the truth. Okay? So, let's talk about coming into the knowledge of the truth. What can hinder us from coming into the knowledge of the truth? Uh, you remember last uh, with the first message, week before last, I gave you four things. I said that uh, what we want to do is make sure that uh, we are reading the scripture. Make sure we are hearing the scripture. We not need to hear the word of God. Because if you don't hear it, then how are we, are going, how are we going to uh, really be what God has called us to be? We can't come into the knowledge of the truth. Uh, he said his word is true. So how in the world are we going to come into the knowledge of the truth and don't know the word? Okay. You know, uh, and, and I tell you, uh, sometimes uh, you may hear that you don't have to do that. Just do a, do a, um, you know, just, a, you know, do a, a five-minute devotional, one-minute devotional, get you a proverb, you know, and say your proverb uh, because you can say one or two uh, proverbs and don't even get to the whole whole uh, chapter, um, and that'll do you. Uh, let, let me let me explain to you what I I do. Uh, God uh, helped me so much, and I've shared that with you before. Is that what He did was uh, He says, "Stop trying to bring people into where you are, because I didn't bring you into the kingdom." where I am or where the Apostle Paul was. You see, because where he is, we can't be until we get there. But it's a process because he had to go through a process. Okay? And so uh, I said, well, what am I doing wrong? You, you're, you're trying to start them off. Uh, I taught a message that y'all heard before. He said, could, could you not tarry with me one hour? Huh? 
and, 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 and we know that, of course, that's scripture, right? That's scripture because in the, in the word of God, we know that he was saying that uh, Jesus was telling us, hey, stay here a little bit, you know, just right here and uh, just pray. And uh, you come back and they sleep. You know, uh, and it's because you're not telling me one out. Well, and a person did a whole message on, on that. And so, of course, we said, well, that's a good message. That's what we ought to do because prayer is important. And we try to get everybody to pray an hour. How many of you, you, you might have been a Christian for I don't know how many years, like I have, and, and you say, well, uh, I can pray an hour. I, I guarantee you, you can go around the room, and, and you say, well, how many days a week do you uh, sit down and pray an hour? And it's, it's, it's going to be, we probably might be able to count it on maybe one hand, maybe about half a hand. You know, because it's a long time, isn't it? If you got if you got to get up, you got to you know get yourself cleaned up. You got to go to work. You, got, you know you got to do all these things. If you have children, if you have grandchildren, if, if you have all these things you got to do, uh, you can forget it because most people don't do it. And that's what I was trying to encourage the congregation on. And I used to get really really. Uh, upset when I had a, uh, when it was a, a minister of the gospel or a, you know, teacher, whatever it was, and those with me, because uh, I knew what they were doing pretty much. And I would get upset with, how are you going to leave me and you can't even pray an hour? You know, you, you know, you, you are doing this, doing that, doing that. You know, uh, you need to be in your prayer closet praying. You know? And I was very critical. And God said, well, that, you know, you don't, you don't need to be that way. And I couldn't help it because I knew how important it was. And then when he called me to lead the church, um, I knew the church was in trouble because, <laughs> because I, I knew how I was. You know, and, and, and I mean, it's just one of those things. And um, Sam and I used to get together and pray. Um, it was before I came on the pastor of the church and stuff like that. And, and Miss Dorsey, she's a prayer warrior. My wife's a prayer warrior. They have a gift of intercession. So uh, uh, she, would, she would just pray for hours and hours. I mean, Miss Dorsey pray for hours and hours. Uh, they used to uh, go over to the lighthouse uh, when the lighthouse wasn't open and about four women would get together and pray all night. And um, they, they I went over one time and I, I, I went to sleep with the children, you know. You <laughs> know, while they were praying, you know, um, so I know prayer is important. People have a gift to do that, and God said, "Well, you, you have a gift of uh, teaching, and you love the word, and that's the only reason why you're in the word because I gave you that gift. If you didn't have that gift, you'd be just like everybody else." And so he says, "Stop it, stop it." And so uh, what he did was divinely stopped it. You know, that's what he did. Uh, he changed my heart. That's what he did. Changed my heart. And so now I'll tell people, hey, uh, start with five minutes, you know. Whatever you can start with, start with five minutes. All I want you to do is consistently in the Word. Okay, in the Word. That's all I want you to do. And if you just say a prayer, God, you know, uh, just say the Lord's Prayer. Uh, you know, learn that and say that. Anything you can say, 
affect something, just get in the habit of praying a little bit. And see, that's going against what I believe. But, um, but that, that's okay because everybody has to start somewhere. You hear what I'm saying? Everybody has to start somewhere. And so, uh, but let me tell you, you can't stay there. When, 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 when God calls us, we are surely, he doesn't, he doesn't do, uh, he doesn't say, well, I'm going to save your soul. But first of all, you're going to have to quit this, this, this. He doesn't say any of that, does he? he, he all he does is just save us by his grace, doesn't he? He just saves us. He takes us just as we are. That's what he does. And so he took me just as I was, and I was a mess. I'm going to tell you, I was a mess uh, before uh, I, I got saved, but I thought I was something. Uh, and, and he said, no, you're nothing, you know. Uh, and I never agreed with him. Yep, you're right. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, brother, you know. Uh, so, but I started reading the word, and I want you to read the word and start wherever you are because that is a tool of Satan to try to keep us from the transformation process. You hear what I'm saying? If you don't know it, you can't do it. And so he said, if I can, if I can get them busy enough, you see, not understanding what you read, I, I told you that, because the word says that if you don't have understanding, you're going to be like a seed sown by the wayside, and then they're going to come away and take the word, and then it's sown in your heart. So you can't do anything that you don't understand. And then the next one was uh, not uh, making what you read and hear your mindset. Because sometimes we read something, we say, ah, that doesn't sound good. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe it means that. No, we have to make what we read and what we hear in the word of God our mindset. We've got to set our mind that we're going to do this by the grace of God, by his mercy. If he will help me to do it, I'll do it. And then the last one I said, because I gave you four things, I said uh, that do not, uh, if you don't yield to the Holy Spirit's confirmation process, you can hear something and then don't do it. It's just like, uh, how many of you have heard of an alarm, reached over and hit it, and went back to sleep? Yeah. Yeah, we have, we have, you see. We can hear the Holy Spirit kind of give us a nudge to do something, and we just like, you know, just hit the little dial, give me five more minutes, you know, whatever, you know. Not prioritizing, not prioritizing our daily task can prevent us from the confirmation process. Slow it down and prevent us from doing that because we don't manage our time well. God wants, uh, he knows exactly what he wants us to do. He said if you don't work, you don't eat. So we know all the scripture, uh, uh, what it, he says, but he wants us to prioritize those things. What is the most important thing that God is calling you to do in your day? You know? And some people make lists, and some people like me don't make lists. Whenever make a list every single day, of everything she has to do, she got the thing prioritized, man, and she stays at list 
and I don't make a list, and I just flow by the Spirit, you know. And 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 some things, you know, uh, flew right on by the wayside, you know. Uh, I said, I thought I heard that. I thought I heard them to pop your feet up and and you know, uh, <laughs> you know, and and then I end up sleep, you know, uh, praising. So you say, who in the world praises put with the feet up? Well, I do because my foot is swollen, and the doctor said, well, prop your foot up. So I prop this one up, and I said, this one, I prop it. So I prop this one up with it, and then I'm gone, you know. Uh, so, so, uh, so even though I try to flow, flow, flow by the spirit a lot of times, uh, sometimes I, I fall short. You know? uh, but those are things that prevent us from the, the process of what God wants us to do to conform us to his glory. That's what he wants. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Let's go there. Um, some people don't know this. You know it because we've taught it so many times. I did a series, matter of fact, in, in Ephesians chapter 6. Let's go to chapter 6. And uh, we're going to start in verse 10. I did a whole series uh, from... Ephesians 6, 10 through, uh, I think it was verse 18 or 19, something like that. Uh, I did a whole series on that, so we're not doing that. Uh, But I want to mention this to us that it says in verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Okay, so uh, yours might read a little different, but mine said the strength of his might, but might means strength also. So uh, I just say he wants to be strong in the strength of his strength because he's strong, you know, he's strong. Okay, so so that's what he wants us to do. This is after he's done everything in Ephesians. He's already given us all the things he said. Then he says, finally. So we know we got to be strong. We know we got to be strong in the Lord in the strength of his strength. And so uh, in verse 11, it says, put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to uh, stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And so uh, I wanted to say that we do have a devil that is against the transformation process. He's against it. So we have to realize that and if we don't realize that, we are fooling ourselves because we, we think that we don't have an enemy except ourselves and the time and the, and the job and the, the job wants me to work six days a week. The job wants me to uh, uh, sometimes come in on my day off and stuff like that. Uh, uh, I, I got to do my job because he says that you don't work, you don't eat. Uh, so what am I going to do? Well, God wants us to realize that the enemy is trying to fill your schedule up and get your priorities all out of shape. And it says here that we need to put on the full arm of God. It didn't say some of it. It said full arm. And if we put it on, he says, so that. Now, so that means that if you don't put it on, the so that. It's after so that it's not going to come to pass. 
So he says, put on the whole armor of God, the full armor of God, so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Isn't that what we want? We want to stand firm against the schemes of the devil because the devil is scheming. The devil is trying to get you out of whack with the confirmation process. The, the, the devil is trying to get your marriage out of, out of sync. The devil is trying to get your children out of sync. The devil is trying to get your uh, grandchildren out of sync. The devil is trying to get everything out of sync. That's what he's trying to do. And God says, no, I want you to be firm uh, and put on the whole armor so that you'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. He has schemes. And it started way back in, in way back there. You know, it, it started. So, let's go to verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we have all these uh, enemies that the devil has working for him, and they're over cities, they're over families, they, these, these powers, they're trying to find your weaknesses and my weaknesses so they can exploit those weaknesses. And God says he wants to put on the whole armor, his full armor, that we'll be able to stand against these schemes. You see, that's what he's saying. And then it says in verse 13, Therefore, take up the uh, full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand, then stand firm. Stand firm. And I want you to know that part of standing firm is having this word in our heart. Having this word in our heart. We cannot, uh, let, let, let's go a little bit further before I say that, but uh, it, it says that in verse 14, stand firm, therefore having your, uh, having girded your lawns with truth. Well, what is truth? The word. The word. So if you don't have the word, it's no way you're going to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. You have a big opening that the enemy is going to get in because you don't have the word. And if we go down to, the, to, to, to um, 17, verse 17 it says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the what word of God. So if we don't have the truth, which is the word of God, we don't have the word of God to fight with, our offensive weapon here, then how in the world are we going to stand firm? We can't stand firm. So I don't want you to be deceived and think that you can go uh, tipping toe through the tulips all the time with a you know, one-minute devotion in the word every day and think, 
a little dabble, do you? Well, let me tell you, uh, that might have been fine for this commercial. Uh, I don't know whether y'all remember that commercial. Uh, some of y'all are old enough. Uh, most of y'all are probably old enough. Uh, I don't know, what, what, what was it? I don't know what it was, but it, it, the, the thing was, a little dabble, do you? I don't know what it was, Bill, uh, what was it? What is it? Bill Crane? See? Uh, a little dabble, do you? And, and, and we think, and don't you let anybody get you off in believing that I can, I can do a, a one-minute or five-minute devotion all my life, and on this, in this one minute or five minutes, I'm going to pray for the government. I'm going to pray for the, you know, uh, all my leaders. I'm going to pray for my family. I'm going to pray for uh, my grandchildren. I'm going to pray for uh, the church. I'm gonna, uh, and I got to pray for myself. I'm going to read the word because I got to get the word on. I got to memorize a verse in here so I can be able to quote the word. I, I, I'm going to do all this in one minute. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in five minutes. But it's okay to start now. It's okay to, hear me? Hear me? Because somebody listening to me from the, from in the tape. In the tape. It's okay to start there. But don't stay there. You hear? That's what they say. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. You see? That's important. That's very important. A little dab will not do you. A little dab will get you killed. You know? Because Satan is after the killer. You know? If you don't believe it, what do you think when somebody hear the word, oh, uh, I've been diagnosed with cancer? People are like, oh, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You know? And then they go home and they say, hey, but, hey I'm, you know, uh, somebody was they diagnosed with cancer. And, um, I don't know how long they have to live, but we need to start praying for them, you know, so that they'll, you know, be able to extend their life a little longer. Well, let me tell you, a little day out will not do you, you know. I need the word, and, and I, need, I need somebody praying uh, uh, because I know that God has given us precious, magnificent matter of fact, precious promises that we may be partakers of his divine nature. So if he has given us precious promises, <coughs> those promises for your children, those promises for your grandchildren, I mean, he got stuff in here that is for, it can, every situation, he has a magnificent and a, uh, I mean, just a precious promise so that you can read it so you can pray it, so you can believe it, so you can achieve it, because he's already paid for it. My Bible tells me in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament, the same exact scripture, Jesus said it in the New Testament, and he was quoted from the Old Testament, and he gave me more understanding, and he said that uh, he cast out demons, so I don't care who's, um, you know, uh, bound with drugs or, or alcohol or whatever it may be, fear, um, unforgiveness, whatever the enemy is trying to do, God has a precious promise that will take care of it. Because he told me 
in, in, in the word, he says that, um, that Jesus did all these things. He healed all the sick, cast out them. He did all those things so that he says that um, it can be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, that he took our infirmities and bore our diseases. Infirmities are the weaknesses from the diseases. Okay? And so whatever disease I have, you have, your friend have, your parents have, your anybody have, Jesus has already paid for it because he paid for it on the cross. He says that he took our infirmities, he bore our diseases on the cross. And so that means that it's done. It's done. It's done. So he's given us, that's just one precious promise. It's many precious promises in this Bible. And he said, I've given you precious promises that you may be partakers of the divine nature. And so I want, I want, I want those promises fulfilled in my life. I need people around me that believes this Bible, that believes that, that, that their promises in here are for us. It's, it's, it's yes and amen. It's not, nah, not you. No, it, it's for us, these precious promises, you see. And, and that's what I want, these precious promises. And I said, okay, God, that's, that, 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 sounds, that sounds good to me. That sounds real good to me. I'm going to jump down the scripture uh, because... Um, well, no, I'm not. Let's go to uh, uh, two, Second Corinthians two. Let's go there. In Second Corinthians two, uh, verse ten. Let's start there. Ten and eleven. It says, "But one whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For indeed, uh, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven." Uh, uh, if I've forgiven anything, I did it for your sake in the presence of, of Christ. Now, let's talk about what he has said above about what was going on and what did happen in 1 Corinthians, all like that. And, and then, but this is a scripture I want to give you, but I want to give you a little context. Verse 11 says, so that. Now, what's that so that mean? Oh, you know that. What's coming, to ha- what's coming behind it? So, woo-hoo, okay, this is good here. No advantage. Does yours say some or no? No advantage would be taken of us by Satan. No advantage. For we are not ignorant of his schemes. We're not ignorant of his schemes. Now, God has already told us, I give you armor. Put on the full armor so that you may be able to stand against the schemes. Now he's telling us that we're not ignorant of his, his schemes because Satan, he'll try to get you in unforgiveness. He'll try to get you in talking about somebody. He'll try to get you in, in saying, I don't even like what he has on. Did you see her shoes? You know, they didn't even match her skirt. You know, he wants you to get all into all this stuff, you see, because, because he wants to have an advantage. He, that's all he wants. Give me something that I can get in, that I can get them uh, away from what God has for them, and they're going to think 
They are doing all right. They sit in church, you know. Oh, man, they read their Bible, and, 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 but they don't know that we got them. We got them. And, you, and we're talking about saved now. We're talking about saved. We're not talking about somebody's not saved. We're talking about saved people, okay? You see? So Satan, we, we're not going to, in this church, we're not going to give Satan no advantage. We're not going to give him no advantage, you see? Because we believe in, in everything that the Bible says, we believe in it. We believe it's true for today. Let's go to First John that's where I'm going to end, in 1 John, chapter 5. Let's start in verse 18. It says, We know that no one who is born of God sins. And it, it's, it's just telling us that uh, you, no one's born of God who continues in sin. It says, But, He who was born of God keeps himself. He who's born of God keeps himself. Now he's telling us something else. We got to have on the whole armor. We can't give him an inroad with our mouth and things, unforgiveness in our hearts and things like that. We got to keep ourselves. And you say, well, I can't keep myself. Well, God says that, but he who was born of God keeps himself. So God has given us a way to keep ourselves by being obedient to what he's told us to do. And the evil one, come on, does not touch him or her. You hear what I'm saying? See, see, this is this is scripture now. I'm trying to I, I, what I'm trying to do is is today is help us to realize that this transformation process can be hindered, but I'm trying to show us how we can not allow the transformation process to be hindered because we can hinder it, and then the enemy can hinder it. Our flesh can hinder it, so we're trying to do, get away with. We're trying to get away from all of that stuff, all of that stuff. We're not going to do that. Verse nineteen. We know that we are of God. So he's on to the church now, and that the whole world lies in the power of the devil or the evil one. Now, so there's two things here. The saved and the unsaved. The unsaved is under the power of the evil one. And we who are saved, it says that, no, 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 no. We're we, we keeping ourselves. We got on this whole armor. When, when the devil sees this armor on, he thinks he sees Jesus. And so, therefore, he, gonna, he, he can't touch us. He's trying to come this way. Hey, I got, I got an armor to take care of that. He tried to step on my feet. No, I got my feet shod the purpose of God's feet. I got myself covered because God told me to cover myself. You see, we, ha- we got to realize that. Verse 20, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may 
know him who is true. And we are in, in him who is true. In his son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. Little children, verse 21, guard yourself against idols. And so he's telling the church, and I'm in the will that our job can be an idol. A lot of things can be an idol. A lot of things can we can put in place of God. Can think that they going this is going to help me. The government going to help me. You know, the government going to keep keep um, you know, Putin and Russia, he going he going to keep keep all of all of them the wicked people away. You know, all I had to do is just depend on whatever the president say. Oh, yes indeed. He knows what he's talking about. He's the president. You know, man, you better believe in God. You know, I'm telling you, because God is the one who can keep us. And and I just wanted us to know today, just part of the thing uh, is that we can go through this transformation process. And, you know, many times I've, I've, I've used the example of a, of a caterpillar and butterfly. Well, Minerva showed me something. She said, hey, did you know that not many butterflies make it? I said, what? She said, no. Not many of them. And I said, wow, that's interesting. You know? Uh, so I checked this thing out, too. And I said, wow. Hmm. I was thinking, well, what would keep a butterfly from from being a butterfly? What would keep them from making it, you know? Well, we know that a car can prevent it, you know, because it run on them. We know that if he somehow, uh, you know, leave little boys and, and things, they, they like to play with things. They'll pick up a little butterfly. They'll put them in, in jaws and put holes in the top of the jaw, and then watch the butterfly, you know, shake them up and down, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, I don't want to touch them, but, but I, you know, I, I tell you, uh, butterflies, they don't make it. A lot of them don't make it. Try to Google it sometime. How many butterflies make it? How many caterpillars Make it to be butterflies. And some of them are moths or something. But, uh, but you find out, not many. Not many. And I know that the word of God tells us that, the, that the, the way that leads to destruction is what? Wide and broad. But the way that leads to life is narrow. You see? So I said, well, uh, I, my responsibility is to make sure that you make it in a straight and narrow as the best that I know how because I'm going to make sure you know the word and, and I'm going to make sure it's not going to be no little day I'll do you, you know? And I'm going to make sure that, okay? Because I want to make it and when I stand before God, he's going to ask me, well, what did you teach? What, I mean, did you, were, were you like the world? Don't go say, hey, you know, uh, let, let's, let's teach a light message. Word light, you know. So everybody go away. Hee, hee, happy. Wasn't that good, you know? We were uh, commenting. And it's, it's just a, a nice, funny message. Isn't he funny? Yeah. Well, no, no. Uh, I'm going to teach you what the Word of God says in its entirety. And, and I'm going to get to it. It might not be when you want me to get to it, but I'm going to get to it. Everything is in this Bible. And, and we're going to say everything is true. Can we say that? Everything in this Bible is true. And so if it's true, we're going to do it. Okay? 
Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.